Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, welcome here. Uh, if you're if you're a repeat listener, I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, don't forget to, if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, uh, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. And also don't forget to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at uh, underscore Average Joe Show. Uh, once again, thank you guys very much for tuning into the show. Uh, I know right now in the world there's a lot of a lot of craziness going on, a lot of um, a lot of just chaos, and and the whole year 2020 as a whole has been quite a chaotic year. And uh, and I just want to encourage you guys that um, uh, with all this stuff going on, to to continue to be kind to each other, to to not forget uh, that we're all in this together. Um, I don't want to get too deep into uh, everything going on, all the political stuff and and all the and all of the things that have gone on this year. Is because, like I've said before, I like to I like to use this show as sort of a distraction from all that, uh, maybe a, a, an escape from from the chaos, an escape from the stress and the anxiety. So I just want to encourage you guys. Um, uh, thank you so much for tuning into the show, and 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 you know whatever you're going through, just just remember to choose love and. And respect and 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 when it comes down to it, this this show is just a it's just a silly show about about football and and in the grand scheme of things, football doesn't really matter. So if I can do anything to to encourage you guys at the beginning of this show to to help you guys going who are going through anything, uh, just I, hopefully I can do that. But we're not going to spend too much time on the on the seriousness of of things going on out there in society and and the seriousness of of this year and how chaotic this year has been. We're going to try to skip right towards the distraction portion of the show, the entertainment portion of the show, because I know that's why you guys are here to, to forget about all that stuff. But uh, I just wanted to quickly try to encourage you guys. And, and uh, yeah, but you have a fun show for you guys today. Uh, We're going to go through and, and I'm going to make up the best team I can possibly make just off of position groups from different teams. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a position group from a certain team, say like defensive linemen, and I'm going to grab uh, the team that I think has the best defensive line, put them on my team, and we're trying to make the best team possible, in my opinion. Definitely going to be some controversial uh, opinions there today. And then we're also going to go through the news, obviously, like we do every week. So without further ado, why don't we just jump right into the news. First up in the news, uh, we actually had a pretty slow week as far as the NFL no- news goes. It seems like the the regular news kind of sped up and a lot of things going on uh, in, on, on that point. Uh, but as far as the NFL goes, it was, it was kind of a slower week, not a whole lot of news going on. But first up in the news is uh, the the NFL has actually, they got together with EA Sports this, this week and, and decided that they're going to uh, extend the contract of es- exclusivity with EA Sports, so EA Sports will have exclusive rights to all the NFL trademarks, the teams, and all that. So we will continue to have just Madden football games and no competition. Which is, if you play Madden like I do, like like a lot of people that I know, uh, this sucks because honestly, uh, EA makes the same game every year, uh, the same Madden game every year, just new rosters, and idiots like me buy it every single year. Uh, so maybe I'm the problem, but you know this was obviously a little bit discouraging. We were hoping to see Madden maybe not be the only producer of NFL football games, but 
I guess we can maybe hope that eventually they'll turn the corner and improve their games a little bit. I, I seriously doubt it, but yeah, the, the NFL has, has extended their contract with Madden to continue to make Madden football games for the next five years. Next up in the news, we have Jadavian Clowney, who is somehow still a free agent. He was he was one of the top name free agents out there. Uh, now it's just him and Cam Newton really is the big guys left in free agency. Apparently this week, uh, it, it was leaked by, I believe Ian Rappaport said that um, the Cleveland Browns have actually given uh, Jadavian Clowney the highest money offer uh, to, to date, uh, higher than any other team, higher than the Seahawks or Titans or all the other teams that Jadavian Clowney is talking about. And honestly, at this point, I don't even understand what Jadavian Clowney is waiting on. Maybe he doesn't want to be part of the offseason program. Maybe he doesn't want to be in the Zoom calls. But I I, th- I think Jadavian Clowney, we've seen him just c- completely overvalue himself in this free agency period. We heard rumors that he wanted something like $20 million a year, like some some sort of contract like that. I mean, who does he think, like as a player, he even is at this point? I mean, the guy had three sacks last year. And, and what has he really even done in his career? He's had flashes where he looks like he's a really good pass rusher but genuinely like what has he done to deserve any contract uh, any contract that big like why is he not taking these contracts why is he not taking a contract to prove himself again I don't understand uh guys like him and and there was a like Devontae Freeman uh running back formerly of the Falcons is another guy who seems to be completely overvaluing themselves right now and and not signing with teams and that's fine that just show to me that shows that you don't love football and 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 I don't know if I want a player like that on my team who who just completely overvalues themselves and decides, hey, I'm not going to play if I'm not getting paid like the money that I feel like I deserve. When honestly, three sacks last year, and and overall you have had lackluster production from being a first, the first overall pick just a few years ago. I mean, he has not done nearly enough to me to to warrant a huge contract. So. I, I, it'll be interesting to see where where Jadavian Clowney finally signs. Uh, definitely would be inter- interesting to see him sign with the Browns. Uh, they have a lot of talent there, obviously. Also a lot of personality, so it could totally blow up in their face. I could see that also happening. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm getting kind of tired of hearing all these teams that are, uh, or all, all, the, all these rumors that Jadavian Clowney just is not taking these offers from these teams. I don't, I don't know what he's waiting for. Like no, nobody's going to give him the money that he thinks he deserves. Now he hasn't been nearly productive enough to warrant that contract. Also in the news, we had a couple rule changes going on this week for anybody that's into that kind of thing. Um, uh, the NFL announced this week that they will now allow teams to, to take three players off IR. So for those of you that don't know, IR stands for injured reserve. So basically if you have a player that has, has a, a long-term injury, you can you can place a this player on injured reserve, uh, and he he is he is no longer taking up a roster spot on your team, um, so so you can sign another player in that guy's place. So the injured player is not taking up a, a roster spot anymore. Uh, but up until now, uh, you were only able to take these players off injured reserve. Um, only two of them were allowed to come off injured reserve. Uh, during that season so if you put a guy on injured reserve and then you bring two guys back off injured reserve you you, you'd have to keep that other guy uh, on IR for the rest of the season you couldn't bring him back the NFL has now allowed 
seems to bring three guys back instead of two. And this is this is obviously good. Uh, try to get as many star players back on the field as possible. So uh, another rule change uh, or something that didn't change this week, uh, the NFL decided to table, uh, I guess table. I didn't totally know what the definition of tabling was, what it means when you table something, but apparently you're, they're moving it to the future. They're going to talk about it in the future. Um, there was the concept of a fourth and 15 uh, play from, I believe, your own 25-yard uh, line um, in the place of an onside kick because the onside kick is is essentially useless in today's NFL. It, it has such a low uh, percentage of even working. They decided they uh, some guys got together and, and decided on this as an alternative for the for the onside kick to have a chance of a, a fourth and 15 play in your own territory where you can use this, I believe, twice in a game. Um, and, and it's an untimed down, but I guess the it didn't seem like it was going to pass, so they, so they tabled it for the future. I would personally really like to see this. This is an interesting thing. The onside kick to me is is not really an exciting part of football because it's it's so unlikely that you'll even ever recover the onside kick, especially now with the new kickoff rules. So I, I would love to see this pass in the future, this 4th and 15. Um, obviously, some teams could really take advantage of this. Teams like uh, the Kansas City Chiefs with all those explosive weapons, they could... They could use that twice a game and they could really, really like have huge leads on teams just using this fourth and 15 play. But it's, it's also got obviously that risk involved if you don't pick up that fourth and 15, which is, is definitely not a guarantee. That's a tough, you know, 15 yards is tough to pick up on fourth down. But uh, obviously there's 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 risk and reward there. But I, I would definitely be very interested to see uh, where this where this rule stands and, and if we ever get this rule in place of the onside kick. Finally, uh, in the news, Roger Goodell said this week that he's hopeful that uh, coaches can return to their facilities as soon as n next week. Uh, this is obviously really encouraging, as we as we really hope, hope, hope that uh, the NFL will will be back uh, when it's supposed to be back, and that we'll have a regular NFL season, hopefully with fans. I mean, it doesn't seem all that likely right now, but that's really exciting. Every time we hear something that is another step in the direction towards normalcy. Is obviously a really, really great uh, thing to hear. But uh, yeah, that kind of wraps up the news. Like I said, a pretty slow uh, week of news uh, compared to other weeks. But let's just jump right into the main part of the the show. Let's start building my team, my best team I can build based off of position groups in the NFL. So a couple of weeks ago, I I was listening to Pro Football Talk with with Mike Florio and, and Chris Sims, which is uh, a, a daily radio show that they do uh, on NBC, and and I was inspired by something that they were doing. They were they were creating uh, teams, the bet the best team they could create, just based on position groups in the NFL. So basically, uh, you take a team that you think has the best blank uh, in the NFL, and and you and you make your own team based on that. So I was inspired, and I thought that I would give it a shot, try to create the best team I can possibly make. And who knows if, if this goes well, if this is a hit, maybe next week we'll go the exact opposite and I'll make the worst possible team I can possibly make just based on position groups. But, uh, you know, why don't we just jump right into into my team? And and first off, we're going to get the kickers and the punters out of the way. I, I, I put the kickers and the punters into one position group. Uh, and, to, and to me, the best kicker and punter duo uh, in the NFL is the Baltimore Ravens kicker and punter, uh, Justin Tucker, the kicker. 
uh, Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the number one kicker in the NFL. I think everybody knows he's the number one kicker in the NFL. There are some people that think that he's the greatest kicker ever, uh, and he's still playing in the NFL. I mean, the guy is tremendous. He's automatic from anywhere on the field, really. Uh, and then you have the punter, Sam Cook, who's been a solid punter uh, his whole career. And, and, you know, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on these specialists. I'm not going to say that I know a whole lot about punting the football. But, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens are my kicker and my punter uh, position group on my team. Next up, we have the safety position. So the str uh, strong safety and free safety position. Uh, I could have just done a whole secondary as a, as a position group, but I decided to split the safeties and the cornerbacks up. And to me, the best uh, safety duo in the NFL, just based on last season and going into th this season, is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they, they have Anthony Harris, uh, who, who was the uh, pro football focus, has, had, him, had him ranked as the number one safety uh, in last year's uh, NFL season. Uh, the guy was, was pretty tremendous last year. He had uh, 60 total tackles. He had 11 passes defensed. Uh, he had six interceptions and, and just he had a coverage grade of 92.7. So he, he played phenomenal last year and he's he's an undrafted guy and not a whole lot of people really knew about him uh, coming into uh, last year. And, and he's really turned in, into one of the best safeties in the NFL. And then alongside him, you have Harrison Smith, who is who's been one of the best safeties in the NFL for for the past uh, five seasons, really. Uh, Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the number three uh, safety in the NFL. So you have the number one and the number three safety in the NFL on the same team. That's why I, I felt like I had to choose the Minnesota Vikings as my safety position group for this one. Uh, Harrison Smith is a beast. Uh, both of these guys are, are, are really good in coverage, really good coverage safeties, which is something that I look for in safeties. I'm not a huge fan of the whole box safety. Uh, guys who just play the run, I, I, I like guys that can cover. So that's why I kind of chose the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and, and, and overall, they're, they're pretty solid in run defense. They're not amazing, but I chose them just based on their coverage. And there are a couple other teams that I, I, I thought about for, for the safety position. Uh, the New York Jets have, uh, I think, a really, really good safety tandem in, in Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Uh, but who knows, Jamal Adams might not even be there this upcoming season with all the trade talk going on. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, another AFC East team, I think they have a really good safety tandem with Micah Hyde and, and Jordan Poyer, really underrated. That whole defense, I think, is really underrated. A lot of really good pieces on that team. Uh, and Denver has a, has a really good safety tandem as well. So there was definitely a lot of options, but I, I feel pretty confident saying that Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings uh, safety pairing is going to be uh, on my team here. Moving on to the next part of the secondary uh, of my defense here uh, on my team. And I, I decided to go for cor the cornerback position. I went with the Baltimore Ravens cornerbacks, uh, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, and Jimmy Smith. This to me, uh, it's not really much of a competition. I think the Baltimore Ravens have the best cornerback uh, tandem in the NFL. And then you have Jimmy Smith kind of rounding it out. But both Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey were all pros last year. I mean, that's, cr that's insane. There's only three uh, cornerback all-pro spots uh, every year in the NFL and to have two of your corners be all-pros I mean that's that's extremely impressive both guys were pro bowlers uh, both guys are I think really really good players and then you have Jimmy Smith uh, who's who's also a, a solid player he's just been a solid player his whole career he's not quite as good as as Marlon Humphrey or or, or uh, Marcus Peters but he's he's definitely a 
a solid third guy to have there. And this secondary, I think, is really good. Uh, there is there is some other teams that potentially I could have picked to have a to have as my secondary here. Uh, the Dolphins they went inside Byron Jones this this off season, so they have Byron Jones and and Xavier Howard. Uh, but I'm not the biggest fan of Xavier Howard, so I, I I didn't I didn't include them on this on this spot here. And also the LA Chargers have a pretty good secondary with Casey Hayward uh, and Desmond King and and Chris Harris. But to me, the best cornerback group in the NFL is the Baltimore Ravens. That's why I picked them uh, to be my cornerbacks on this team. And moving on to the linebackers, uh, and this was one that I I spent quite a bit of time on. Uh, there's 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 a few teams I think that have really good linebacker cores, and then there's a lot of teams that I think have have a have big time holes at the linebacker position. Um, but we're just doing uh we're just doing off the ball linebackers. We're not going to do um have edge rushers here as linebackers. Just going to do off the ball guys. And to me, the the best linebacker core in the NFL. Even though they didn't have you know a tremendous year last year, uh, I think it's the Dallas Cowboys linebacker core. Uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys defense as a whole struggled a little bit last year. Obviously, coaching maybe had something to do with that. Uh, they they brought in some new coaches, brought in Mike McCarthy, uh, and and have a whole new regime there. But to me, I I I, I like the potential of of this linebacker group, and we see them do, we've seen them do some really really special things uh, with Jalen Smith uh, and Leighton Vander Esch, who they drafted just a couple years ago. And then you have Sean Lee, the veteran guy there in the middle, who, who's kind of a mentor to these guys. And, and to me, I think you'll be hard pressed to find three linebackers, uh, that, that you'd feel more confident in having on the field for your, for your defense. And, and to me, uh, like Jalen Smith and, and Leighton Vander Esch, they, they had a little bit of a down year last year. Um, Jalen Smith still had, 142 total tackles, which was second in the NFL. Uh, had had two forced fumbles, four sacks. Uh, is plays really, really good uh, in the run, and, and and is a pretty good pass rusher. Uh, not 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 tremendous in coverage, but I think Leighton Vander Esch definitely makes up for that. Uh, he's he's a tremendous uh, coverage guy there at that linebacker position. So I think these guys really complement each other a lot. Uh, and then you have obviously. Uh, Sean Lee, a guy who's 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 mentoring these guys and 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 turning them into uh, really good linebackers, and I'm I'm excited to see them uh, take another uh, take another jump this next season, and and get back to the potential that I think that they have as a linebacker core. And it's just a few honorable mentions, guys that I uh, I almost picked. I think Indianapolis has a really good linebacker core. Uh, obviously, Darius Leonard is is kind of a household name now uh, after being. Uh, kind of overlooked in his rookie season, and then you have a, a guy that is, I think, is still overlooked, and that's uh, Bobby Okariki, uh, the linebacker there. Uh, those are two guys that are, I think, really coming into their own on on, on a, a really improving defense there in Indianapolis. And I really like the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. They had, they, I think, they have a good linebacker core. They brought in a couple free agents and Corey Littleton uh, from Los Angeles, and then Nick uh, Kwiatkowski. Uh, from Chicago, so they brought in a couple guys, but to me, uh, just based on potential and and where I think uh, these guys can can go, I, I picked the Dallas Cowboys as as my best linebacker core in the NFL. And moving on to one of the most important uh, position groups in the NFL, and that's the defensive line. If you have a really really good defensive line, 
it can make the rest of your team look really good. And uh, there's a lot of different different options I could have gone here. Uh, I looked at a lot of different teams. Denver has a really, really good defensive line. Obviously with Bradley Chubb, who was injured a lot last year. But him and Von Miller coming off the edges. And then you have Jarrell Casey, who they just traded for. That's a really good defensive line. I, I considered them. Uh, Green Bay, obviously their defensive line was wreaking havoc last year with, with Preston Smith and, and Zadarius Smith. Uh, and Pittsburgh, I think, has a really underrated defensive line. Also Washington, I've talked about a lot how since they brought in Chase Young that this, this defensive line has the potential to be one of the best uh, in, the, in the NFL. But to me, uh, what I said at the beginning here, um, if, if you have a good defensive line, it can hide other parts of your team. It can make the rest of your team look good. And what team really did a better job at that last year than the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, they, they were not the most explosive offense. At times, they were. They had some really, really good uh, young receivers, Debo Samuel there, and their running game was was really, really doing a good job last year, especially in the playoffs. But uh, Jimmy G didn't play uh, tremendous last year. We saw them kind of try to hide him. And this defensive line, I thought, did a, did a tremendous job uh, last year. They were the best defensive line last year, and it wasn't really all that close. And to me... Obviously, they lost to Forrest Buckner, who they traded to Indianapolis, but they brought in Javon Kinlaw in the draft, who was a lot of people had him ranked as the number one uh, interior defensive lineman. Uh, so you bring in another guy with tremendous talent, another first round pick. They have Nick Bosa, Arik Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, D. Ford, and Solomon Thomas. All of those guys, that's five guys on the defensive line that are first round picks. And, and really, Solomon Thomas is the only guy that has not played up to that billing as a first-round pick. I mean, last year, Nick Bosa, Pro Football Focus, had him ranked as the number two uh, edge rusher in the NFL. Number two in his rookie season. That's It's absolutely absurd. Like uh, We thought Joey Bosa was good, and then and then Nick Bosa comes in and, and, and does that in, in just his first season in the NFL. Had nine sacks, 16 tackles for loss. He was a pro bowler. Uh, and then you have Arik Armstead, a guy who's pretty underrated. He had 10 sacks, 11 tackles for loss last year. And and, and D Ford, who, who was injured last year, maybe didn't have his best year. He had kind of a down year. Um, he still had six and a half sacks. I mean, we saw Jadavian Clowney, who's asking for $20 million, and he had three sacks last year. And then you have D Ford, who, who had a down year and still had six and a half sacks. I mean, that's I'll take that. And you're hoping that with with DeForest Buckner uh, being gone, that Solomon Thomas can maybe step up and and find find his his way on this defensive line. I mean the 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 impressive amount of talent that they have on that defensive line uh, can maybe look make him look better uh, than than he has in the past. But to me, the San Francisco 49ers defensive line is the best defensive line in the NFL last season, and it is the best defensive line going into this season. Moving on to the offensive side of the football, I'll just put together what I think is the best defense in football. And now we're going to move on to the offensive side where where I feel like I have a little bit more expertise. I, I really enjoy the offensive side of the football. And we're going to start off with the most underappreciated uh, part of offensive football. That's the hog mollies up front, the offensive line. Uh, this, is a, this is a position, the best O-line in the NFL, that's kind of just been given to the Dallas Cowboys the last few years. The Dallas Cowboys have have really had the best offensive line in the NFL for 
for years and and I think that to me uh there's a team out there that I I believe surpassed them and that's that's the Indianapolis Colts. Uh to me this is why I I'm excited to see Philip Rivers this season. I'm ex- I, I'm hopeful that he can have a a bounce back season because he hasn't had an offensive line like this in years uh in in San Diego and in Los Angeles. Uh you look at this offensive line, you have you have uh, Anthony Costanzo at left tackle, and you have potentially the best offensive lineman in football, uh, bar none, and that's Quentin Nelson at left guard. Uh, and then you have Ryan Kelly at center, uh, and then and two, two guys that maybe uh, are the bottom two guys on this line, but still would be top-tier starters on, on any other NFL team. That's Mark Lewinsky at, at the right guard position and, and Braden Smith at the right tackle position. Uh, to me... Uh, Pro Football Focus has uh, Anthony Costanzo and Quentin Nelson both ranked uh, in the top 10 uh, as far as uh, tackle and guards go. They have Quentin Nelson last year ranked as a number two guard uh, in the NFL, and, and Anthony Costanzo was number seven. I mean, these are these are guys that, uh, to me, are, are franchise-level players. Uh, Quentin Nelson, a lot of people thought that when he got drafted, uh, there's no way you can draft a guard there that high in the draft. But he's just ever since he's been drafted, he's come in and, and been the most dominant offensive guard in football. I mean, the guy's been a two-time Pro Bowler and a two-time All-Pro, and he's only played two seasons. Uh, he, he's an absolute monster in the run game and, and a really really solid pass uh, pass blocker as well. And to me, you look you look at this Colts team and. And this offensive line, this is an offensive line that they've they've built on in the draft the last few years, and and you really respect that because you know offensive line, like I said, it's it's not the sexiest position. It's it's not uh, when you draft an offensive lineman, your your fans are not going to go nuts and 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 do jersey swaps and and have highlight videos of these guys when you draft them. But we've seen with the Colts that if you stick to it and you try to build this offensive line over years eventually it comes around and it's crazy that just a few years ago when Andrew Luck was on this team that they had uh just one of the worst offensive lines in football and how that's completely flipped on its head to now I'm choosing them as my best O-line on my team so I think the Indianapolis Colts offensive line is the best offensive line in football and I'm excited to see what Philip Rivers and and all those weapons there can do on offense and moving on to the receiver position, uh, there's a lot of really, really fun receiving cores in, in the league. I, I added tight ends into the receivers uh, category, so we're having receivers and tight ends in the same position group. Uh, there's a few teams you could have looked at for this. Uh, I've talked a lot about how much I love what Denver did this offseason in the draft and in free agency. Uh, I really, really liked what they did uh, drafting Jerry Judy in the first round. Uh, and then getting K.J. Hamler, the speedster, in the second round. And now you have three guys, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and K.J. Hamler uh, there. But, you know, obviously we don't know what they're going to be, those two rookies. So I, I can't quite put them at my number one position yet. Uh, and then there's other teams like Dallas has a really good um, receiving core. Obviously they drafted uh, a really good rookie too. They had um, C.D. Lamb fall to them. And they already have Amari Cooper and, and Michael Gallup. And then you have Kansas City, obviously the most explosive offense in football. You have Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hartman, Sammy Watkins, and then you add in Tra- Travis Kelsey there at the tight end position. They are a team that I, 
almost almost picked to be my receiving core. But to me, there's one team that kind of stands above, and it's the team that has done the most work this offseason. The team has that has completely flipped the narrative uh, that they had going the season on their head, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To me, uh, you have Chris Go- Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Both of those guys would be number one receivers on basically any other NFL team. Chris Godwin was ranked as the number one receiver uh, overall by Pro Football Focus last year. So, you know, when you think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers receivers, you think about Mike Evans, but uh, he might not have even been the best receiver on this team last year. Uh, Chris Godwin had 86 receptions uh, for 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, pro bowler. Uh, Mike Evans had uh, uh, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, 67 receptions, also a pro bowler. So you have two pro bowl uh, level wide receivers on your team. Oh yeah, and then you added Rob Gronkowski, the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL, uh, t- to pair up with uh, his old buddy Tom Brady. And, and you already had two really, really good tight ends there. I think Cameron Brait uh, had a little bit of a down year last year, but I think I think he's 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 an underrated tight end, and and he could see a lot of progress with this new uh, Tom Brady led offense. And then OJ Howard, who's who's a guy who who had early success there in Tampa and and wanted out it seemed like but now it seems like he's going to stay around and he adds to the to the plethora of weapons on that uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and that's why I picked them to be my receivers on my team uh I really like uh what we have here we have some guys that can push the field and we have just guys that are big bullies that can just go up and get the ball and just snatch it from the defender's hands moving on to the running back position, and to me, there were there were a couple of teams that I considered here. Obviously, last year the best run game in the NFL was the Baltimore Ravens, but I, you know, they, and and they have some really good guys. Uh, Mark Ingram is a really really good running back, and then they drafted J.K. Dobbins uh, out of Ohio State, who who I really liked in the draft. But uh, the main thing for me there is I can't include Lamar Jackson uh, in my running backs. Uh, position group here as much as maybe uh, haters on Twitter would want me to consider Lamar Jackson a running back he's not a running back he's a quarterback and then I thought Denver had a really really good uh, running back duo uh, they already had Philip Lindsay last year who's who's a pretty good running back uh, in, in both the pass and run game and then they added Melvin Gordon who, who's a similar player who who can who can run the ball well and also play really well in the passing game but to me uh, the running back duo that I want on my roster, if I'm making the best roster I can make, uh, is the Cleveland Browns. I, I think that uh, with Nick Chubb there, who was who was probably the best running back in football last year for most of the season. Obviously, you had Derrick Henry come on and really steal the show there late uh, with with his crazy performances that he had later on in the season and into the playoffs. But Nick Chubb had uh, nearly 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns, uh, five yards per carry, which is really good. Uh, he was a pro bowler, and then he added uh, 36 catches for 278 yards. So just an overall really good runner. And then you you have Kareem Hunt, who obviously was out of football there for a little bit uh, with some off-the-field issues, but he was a monster in Kansas City when he did play. His rookie season was one of the best rookie seasons we've probably ever seen out of a running back. And now he's he's become definitely a, a big-time uh, receiver. Uh, he's, he's, he's big-time in, in, in the receiving game. Uh, 
he didn't have all that productive of a year last year. Obviously, he missed the first eight games of the season. But to me, I, I just like how these two running backs complement each other. You have Nick Chubb, who who's just a runner, who's just going to run it between the tackles and and run over guys and 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 just uh, burn out the clock and add yards running wise. And then you have Kareem Hunt, who who can do that, but he also is a tremendous receiver. And anything that that Nick Chubb maybe lacks as a receiver, uh, I think that can be uh, that can be made up for by Kareem Hunt and his explosiveness there receiving the football. So to me, the Cleveland Browns, uh, they're the running back duo that I want on my team if I'm trying to make the best team possible. And finally, the moment that you've all been waiting for, the most important position in all of football, the quarterback position. Uh, and this is a controversial one. This one might get some blowback. Uh, maybe uh, people are not gonna, not gonna like this as much as they do maybe the rest of the team. Uh, this was tough. It was, really was tough. Uh, if we're just going based on the uh, just the first quarterback and not the position group, and I think that was the key part of this exercise is, is we're going based on position group. Uh, so we got to look at all the quarterbacks on this roster. We're not looking just at the starting quarterback. So to me, obviously, if it's just the, the starting quarterback, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes all day. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. I think he's my favorite quarterback in football. I've, I've never seen somebody be able to do the things that he can do, but backing him up right now is, is Chad Henney uh, and Shea Patterson, who a guy who just barely made it uh, an NFL team despite playing for a big university in Michigan. And as a, as a Dolphins fan who got to see Chad Henney, Henney for years, uh, not a fan of that. And as a Michigan fan who got to see Shea Patterson for years, not a big fan of that. So that's why I didn't pick the Kansas City Chiefs because obviously I love Patrick Mahomes, but I don't like uh, the potential there. If, if he gets hurt on this fake team that we're making here, if he gets a fake injury on this fake team for this fake season, I don't want to have to rely on Chad Henney uh, to to take my team to the playoffs. Uh, There's a, there a team that I, I highly considered and it was the New Orleans Saints. I think that would be the pick for a lot of teams. Uh, they have obviously Drew Brees, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, they're starting. And then you have Taysom Hill, who, who's a, a gadget player who people are comparing to Steve Young, even though he's thrown like eight passes in the NFL. I don't understand that. Then you have Jameis Winston, who threw for the most yards out of anybody last season and could not find a job because the man threw 30 interceptions. Uh, this seems like a like an obvious team, but... I just I don't like Jameis Winston. Uh, I I don't I don't like a quarterback that's going to throw 30 interceptions. I don't care how many touchdowns you throw. If you still throw are throwing 30 interceptions to me, that no, I don't want you on my team. You're giving the uh, the defense too many chances. I don't like that. And Taysom Hill, how the heck am I even supposed to know what he what he is at this point? I mean, the guy has not proven to me that he's He's got a starting caliber quarterback. No matter what Sean Payton says, no matter what they say there in the building there uh, in New Orleans, I don't trust Taysom Hill at this point. So Drew Brees, obviously amazing. Don't love what's behind him. To me, if I'm picking a quarterback group uh, to be my uh, my quarterback duo uh, on my fake team here, it's it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and this is this is a controversial pick. I know everybody hates the Cowboys. Uh, I I don't really. I don't have any beef with the Cowboys. I think they have uh, an exciting roster going into the season. But to me, Dak Prescott is 
an underrated quarterback. I am a little bit sick of the whole contract talks with him. I wish he would just sign a, a freaking contract already so we could stop talking about it. But to me, he's he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in football. I mean, the guy threw for almost 5,000 yards last year. He was second in the NFL in passing yards, uh, just to Jameis Winston. <laughs> and and he threw through 30 touchdowns, 65% completion percentage to just 11 interceptions. I mean, just a solid quarterback. And I think they added tremendous weapons around him now. Uh, obviously, you already had Amari Cooper there and Michael Gallup. And then you added uh, C.D. Lamb, who is probably one of, if not the best receivers in this year's draft. Uh, to me, the sky's the limit for Dak Prescott this year. I think he could be an MVP candidate. And then, you know, if he gets hurt on this on this imaginary season, uh, you have Andy Dalton backing him up, who, you know, is not the most exciting name. But to me, if I think if if I want a backup quarterback, I think Andy Dalton's the perfect backup quarterback. We've seen him do some tremendous things. I mean, there is, I believe it was 2015, 2015, 2016, when he had that MVP caliber season and the Cincinnati Bengals were clicking on all cylinders before he got injured there. And... And so we've seen him do some really great things, but for the most part, he's, he's been a, a really average game-managing quarterback, and I'm okay with that. My quarterback goes down, and I can have a guy that you know who, who has the potential to maybe do some, some really good things, but for the most part, his, his, floor is, his floor is pretty high, but his ceiling is not, not tremendously high. But I just want a guy who's not going to come in here and destroy everything that we work for, and I think, I think that's why I like this Dallas Cowboys uh, quarterback group for my quarterback uh, on this team. Uh, I really like D- Dak Prescott. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. And then you have Andy Dalton, the guy who's who's going to come in and not screw everything up. So that kind of wraps up uh, the average Joe team, my favorite team, uh, or the team that I made uh, to, to be the best team in the NFL. I really think that this is a good team. I'd love to, if you guys disagree, please, please, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, come at me. Like, tell me that I'm stupid. Tell me that my team is dumb. Tell me that my team wouldn't win five games. Uh, please, I would love to get some discussion on this. I'm sure that there's a couple things that uh, that you guys don't agree with. But just to wrap up my team, uh, I have the, the special teams kicker and punter, the Baltimore Ravens uh, with Justin Tucker and Sam Cook. Uh, and then I went safety position. I went with uh, Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith. Uh, for, with the Minnesota Vikings, and then we went on to the quarterback, uh, the cornerback rather position. Uh, we went with the Baltimore Ravens, who have two All Pros on their team, and Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. And then you have Jimmy Smith, kind of rounding out uh, that part there. And then my linebackers are the Dallas Cowboys linebackers with Jalen Smith and, and Leighton Vander Esch and Sean Lee. Uh, and and my defensive line is is the San Francisco 49ers. I think they have the best defensive line in the NFL, bar none. Um, and then we went over to the offensive side of the football. Uh, my offensive line was the Indianapolis Colts offensive line. Really crazy to see them have a really, really good offensive line uh, in spite of being just so terrible when Andrew Luck was there. Really wish they would have had that offensive line sooner. But then we went over to the receivers. I chose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, two beasts. Uh, and then you have Rob Gronkowski, I'm excited to see what he can do this season. Running backs, we went with Cleveland uh, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And then the quarterback position, probably the most controversial one. Uh, we went the Dallas Cowboys quarterback room there with Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton. 
So I, I hope you guys enjoy this show. And, and, I, and if you didn't, if you really hated the, my list here, please critique me. Uh, follow the show again on Instagram uh, and Twitter at underscore average Joe show. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, once again, leave a rating, leave a review. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you uh, can can get the show downloaded every time we upload a podcast. And be sure to uh, tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one.